Episode 80, Terror of the Zygons. Uh, last we met our TARDIS team, they had completely saved Nerva Beacon from <coughs> destruction uh, and destroying the planet of gold, Virga, <coughs> uh, completely uh, <gasps> killing the Cybermen once and for all. Um, and they received a, 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 a text message from the Brigadier telling them that he needed their help and an emergency system that the doctor left for him. And now we are here. Gasp! In the Highlands. Oh! Well, not really. It's actually Sussex. Oh. Oh! It, it, it's made to look like the Highlands. Oh! So, dear, what happens in Terror of the Zygon? Lots of terror. I'm very scared. Oh, okay. It's okay. Don't be scared. Shh, shh. Deep breath. Deep breath. In and out. 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 And Okay, maybe don't do that to the person who has heart lung problems. That's all right. I have your nurse on speed, girl. I thought about that like halfway through. I was getting lightheaded. I was like, oh, shit. It's just like, as you're passing out, you're just like, wait, hang on, maybe don't make the person who has heart problems do this. This is a bad idea. So, okay, so we see an oil rig with a man inside who wants haggis, but then the radio screams at him and the entire oil rig breaks apart. Um, the the TARDIS oh. crew is walking around the woods, and then they find a road and they steal a car. And then the doctor is driven up to where Unit is, because Unit is somewhere, and the Brigadier is talking over some bagpipes, and no one can fucking understand shit. Um, uppity guy who drove them there is like, hey, motherfuckers, if your men keep coming on my land, I'm gonna fucking shoot them. This isn't a joke. Stop um, the men coming. Yes. And then we see on the beach that there's a dead body for a second. Anyway, don't worry about that. Doctor is upset that some shit he's got called here for some shit at sea, but he's like, all right, let's check it out. And then Hera, Harry and Sarah fuck off, and the brig talks about oil rigs looking like spiders and how they're supposed to be unsinkable. Um, anyway, don't worry. It's fine. Sarah goes to talk to a seventh son of a seventh son of a something... He, he thinks he's psychic. Of your mom. Um, and he's like, how, why is the uppity man so angry? And then we cut to some calamari ass fucking hands pushing buttons and watching the conversations uh, uh, happening. Excuse you, they're not pushing buttons. They're gently caressing them. They're caressing the buttons. Can we this, this, also this, bring this, up this that the buttons are extremely fleshy and... They're extremely fleshy Moist. and phallic. They're also kind of like I wet. Really, I, 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 I'm gonna cut in real quick just because I wanna, I wanna bring up like how much I love the visual design of the Zygons and like their their ship. Like, obviously the execution is not the best because low budget in seventies, but like the the just like the creative vision of it is really unique and cool. Like, oh okay, they they're like this aquatic like fetus-like tentacle-like like alien mm -hmm. race and like of course they don't just have like normal sleek metal panels with buttons and dials that you press and everything it's like no it's like organic and like like tendrils and oh, everything yeah. it's really cool um but also they look like the Grinch like Jim Carrey's yeah, they, the Grinch they look like yeah <laughs> like yeah, they have like the, makeup, the same the makeup has like that round and... like spherical over the nose that makes them look more like and, the Grinch and, and like, like the way that they're all the little wrinkles are, and their, stuff their foreheads are like inset yeah yeah very much so um so you remember that dead body yes it's alive now and walk and walking <gasps> and then uh, there's also a man in a kilt walking around with a gun and sees him and then the the dead man finds Henry and talks to him for a bit and then the gunman just kills both of them. So he was dead, he was alive, and now he's dead again. <laughs> uh, Sarah comes to talk to, oh. to the doctor, and they talk about jamming some local radio and shit, but then there's a call that Harry was shot! Oh my god! And the calamari are Thank still god. gently massaging and flicking all the fleshy little buttons, whispering gently in ASMR fashion. 
Uh, under the ocean, there might be a big ol' thing, apparently, because the other rig is now calling in and getting distortion and shit. Harry is still in shock, maybe a coma, I don't know. And the brig is like, Doctor, please, and everyone's very mad. And then the doctor shows off that the br- to the brig that the piece of the oil rig they have has weird marks on it. So it's time to make paper mache crafts. And he makes a cast of like the hole and shows that it's teeth, apparently. So it's a sea monster. And the calamari are like, oh, no, they're onto us. And then Sarah goes to tell the doctor and the nurse is like, it's okay, Harry, I'm here. I'll kill you quickly. And then Sarah gets caught by a calamari because she went to go tell the doctor that Harry woke up and she just gets like fucking caught a lot. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. And then Sarah's dead. Yeah. And Harry's still dead in bed. He got shot. So there's that. So, real quick, <clears throat> there is a thing. I don't know if you've ever heard of these. I learned about these after I uh, bought this DVD for the first time because uh, back when I was a kid, I had time to look at all the special features on everything, and like that was great times. Um, uh, oh, one of the Easter eggs on the DVD is something called Disney Time 1975. What? And I had to learn what the <sighs> fuck these were. So. This was a yearly thing that Disney did. Uh, it was like a program that they did, basically advertising all the things that they did. Um, Disney on Doctor Who? It ran in the UK. No, Disney does not own Doctor Who, thank fuck. Um, uh, that would be disgusting. Um, but it was basically a yearly thing of like, hey, here's all the things that are coming out. Here's the things that came that, that, are, that, are, that are already out right now. Go look at all the Disney things. Um, uh, they usually have, like, someone, a host talking to you about everything. Uh, for instance, in previous years, they had uh, 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 John Pertwee was on it. Um, not as the third Doctor, just as the actor. Um, they had the guy who played Ian Chesterton, the first Doctor's companion, not in the show, but in the movie adaptation that we really should do a podcast episode on someday. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Might make that like a Patreon goal or something. Um, that we watch. I've never watched them. Uh, they've got um, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. I keep forgetting his name. Uh, from Star Wars, he's the Doctor in it, and it's like, his. It, it, it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but people love them, and I don't know. Uh, but anyway, this year, 1975, uh, Peter Tom Baker hosted it. Peter Cushing, that's his name. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for Googling that. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom Baker was on it this year, 1975, Disney time. But not as Tom Baker, as the fourth Doctor. Uh, and so it's like you get all these these little bits of him walking around uh, Disney theatres, uh, a Disney theatre in, in London, uh, asking a passerby if he knows Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse or Goofy because he's trying to find them. Um, and the Doctor is, like, saying that uh, he was passing the planet Mars in the TARDIS and he realised he hadn't seen Mickey and the gang in a long time. Uh, which is, like, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, goes into the theatre and then it's, like, talking about all these things coming out and it's, like, uh, he uh, he starts to tell the story of Mowgli, you know, and starts, you know, talking about the Jungle Book. And then it's like starts talking about all these like live action Disney movies as well, like Apple Dumpling Gang and Escape to Witch Mountain, not the rock one, the old one. And like there's clips of it as well to like, you know, get the audience interested. Um, it was basically like a long infomercial program with like little bits of entertainment here, which like, you know, Disney is really good at. Uh, bed knobs and broomsticks, like all of these things. And then at the end, uh, the doctor sitting in the theater is like, oh, Wow, uh, anonymous hand comes up between the rows with a piece of note and hands it to him. And he's like, oh, what's this? And he's like, oh, the brigadier sent me a message saying that he's in trouble again and he needs my help. I'll see, like, I gotta go see you next Saturday, kids. Uh, And it's like, they, they use that to lead into this episode, which is such a weird thing. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought it would be interesting to bring up because, like, the concept of Disney time is, like, so fascinating to me, but 
but also makes way too much sense. <laughs> um. Uh. Anyway, back to this story. Um. Welcome back to Unit. Welcome back to Earth. Welcome back to Scotland. Uh, some beautiful sets, beautiful little things. Uh, also, as I kind of jokingly said earlier, it's not Scotland, it's Sussex. Uh, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easier for them. Uh, as we kind of stated previously, this episode was meant to be the end of season two, uh, but it got pushed back to season 13 because of, you know, a lot of other things happening um, around other episodes and such. So that's why this episode feels a bit weird, especially in certain ways at the very end, but we'll get to that. Um, uh, but yeah, this is uh, a, a new costume for the Doctor that he wears for like five minutes, but I'm using, I, I used to tell Deer, like, no, this is what I'm dressed as for this entire season now, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's only, he's only in it for five minutes. <laughs> But it's it's unique, and I'm pretty sure whenever they release the collection Blu-ray box set of season 13, he'll be in that fucking costume on the cover. So, yeah. Anyway, what happens in part two, dear? Uh, well... Things. Also, the doctor got rushed off to the hospital. Uh, Harry's gone, and when looking around, the doctor has found Sarah in a fucking vault, which, of course, he just walks into and gets locked in. Harry is introduced to the warlord, Calamari, by the way. So that's a thing. Um, and the the room that Hera... Fucking Hera and Sari are the uh, ones that well, I keep fucking it, up, and I don't know why. It's their ship name. Is it? No. I don't I don't know anything about shipping with, like, Classic Who, except for one pairing that I do know, because I 100% agree with it, because the two of them... They're great together. Uh, don't worry, we'll get to them in the 80s. You'll love them. Uh, Tegan and Nyssa, they're great. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're great as like... They're great as like a, a couple, if you want to think of them as a couple. I just want to get to the lesbians, honestly. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, the air is being sucked from them. Sarah and the Doctor, by the way. Uh, by the way, that fish that you saw that one time, it's an alien. The big old fish. Blah, blah. Uh, I call it an eel for a while. The doctor is terrifying and hypnotizes Sarah before yodeling a little bit, which saves his life. Uh, Because the brigadier soldiers go in because the brigadier was being gassed and Bitten saves everybody. The doctor finishes orgasming when Bitten comes in to help and he's like, oh, I learned that from a monk. Uh, Hold on. Let me save Sarah. Sarah! Yeah, yeah. He, uh, br- <laughs> fucking Benton goes to wake up Sarah because she's like in a trance, and the doctor's like, "No, no, no, you have you to have do it, it carefully, or she'll die." And then he just reaches over and like grabs her <laughs> neck and just like gently like shakes her for like a second, and then she's like, "Oh, oh yeah." Oh. And it's like, dear, and I just joked that like he's like, "You have to wake her up properly." Grabs her neck and violently <laughs> shakes her and shouts at her to wake up. <laughs> See properly, Benton. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so outside there's a fucking dinosaur eel fish thing that's walking around. The calamari are very upset because everyone is alive and they have a thing that they need. There was something that was left that they need. And Harry is taken away to be painted as a tasteful nude with the others who aren't actually dead so that they can clone themselves to look like those people and take over their bodies. Um... The nodule basically calls animals to it. I just think it's poop, personally. Uh, but apparently it's got 5G, so whatever. Time to look for Harry, but the we found the soldiers attacked by the eel thing. And then Harry, quote-unquote, comes back to talk to Sarah, steals the 5G device, and runs away quickly. And then Sarah gets some guards and they chase him. And it's a chase scene. And they go into a barn at one point. It's weirdly murder-slasher-Halloween-esque. For a, a hot second, like, it's very B-movie horror slasher. There's kind of a reason for it, okay. and it is not what you think it is. Okay, we'll get to that then. Um, But he falls off the top of the barn, and Sarah's like, oh my god, look! And then she goes to get the soldiers, but when it comes back, the body's gone, so, you know, whatever. Um, 
Sarah's also like, we're being watched. And she saw the 5G poop move, and it's so it's organic. So let's just get in a car with the poop and drive away very qu- fast. But of course, the doctor's car fucking breaks down. So then he gets out and just starts running because that'll work. But the 5G poop is very hot and gets stuck to a doctor's hand. You know, when you like pick up some dog poop or something because you're like a nice person or like a good person. And and, and it just poop. and it, you miss with the bag a little bit and then it's stuck to your hand and you can't fucking get it off. And you do that shake thing and it still doesn't fucking come off. And you're just like, Ugh. anyway, that's what it does. And the calamari are like, die, doctor. And the eel is ready to eat him. That's it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Electable. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So the 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 sort of attack scene where there's like fog everywhere and it like turns into a weird slasher type, um, yeah, uh, thing. The reason it's like that is because the original thing that they had like planned out and were, uh, uh, the, the original thing they completely added the gas subplot to it because originally there was no gas, but they were like okay, the animation that we have for the, the Scarison, this monster thing, it looks ridiculous. You don't we need say. to Like, it was basically just a point of, like, okay, we need to... It, it, kind of the same thing with Jaws, where it's, like, the, 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 with Jaws, the problem... Show it as little as possible. The reason why you don't see the shark there... Yeah, show as little as possible. Not because, like, oh, it'll make the audience scared more. That's more a byproduct. The real reason was because the prop never fucking worked. And it was <laughs> awful when they showed it. So it was like, okay, we need to we need to work around this. And the smart way to work around it is also a, a, a really good way to actually make it more scary and more horrifying. Is make it more unseen. Only show glimpses here and there. Mm-hmm. And, like, show the re- results of what's going on. and. Like you don't really see all of it. I can tell you right now, I have never seen a full bot, like a full shot of the the costume. Mm-hmm. But I would fucking love to see a uh, footage of um, like the 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 animation of the Scarison. Because like, if they thought it was silly, I want to see it. And it might be on some behind the scenes footage somewhere. I haven't had time to go look. I one day I will find out. Um, and I will be incredibly happy if I can find out. Uh, but uh. Yeah, that's that's why it's like that. It's a bit weird. Um, also, so apparently the scene where the Doctor and Sarah are in the uh, hyperbolic no oxygen chamber, which is what I like to call it, <laughs> uh, apparently that that scene called for some physical prop that was too expensive or too large for them to like. It was a practical special effect that they they wanted to do. Um, but it was too expensive for them to do, so they discarded it. And what happened was Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen were allowed to just write the scene themselves, which is something that you'll see a lot more of, where basically Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen will go, here, let's just make it like this. Like, let's, like they know the characters. They, they're like, hey, this will be more interesting. This will be more fun if we do this and say this. Um, which... Uh, shows, like, you can see, like, this is one of my favorite episodes for Sarah, because she has so much fun with it, and, like, she's, she has a personality, like, she's smart, she figures things out before the Doctor even does, she, like, questions things, is like, hey, Doctor, what about this? And the Doctor's like, oh, you're right. And also, she has, like, an attitude to her, like, uh, everyone treats her, like, all the, like, Scottish kind of, quote-unquote, bad guys, uh, kind of treat her kind of shitty so it's like the one time where it's like uh, in a future part like uh one of the guys comes in puts down a, a ladder thing and she just is just like oh is that for you because you can't reach the book up top and then he just as quiet walks out the room again closes the door and as he closes the door she just sticks out her tongue at him <clears throat> it's great I, lo- I love it when she has like a little bit of an attitude as like an actual person not just like oh doctor mm-hmm. ah i'm being kidnapped which Doctor, I'm a so woman. So many companions fall into. Doctor, I'm a woman. Please. Did you know, Doctor? I'm a woman. Huh? A woman. Doctor. Huh? Um. Yes. So I, I, I love it for this. This is this is when Sarah and the Doctor get a lot better together. 
because like episodes from here on out it's like they know their roles they know what to do they they have a really good synergy with each other and have a lot of fun it's like the the sort of thing where it's like you can see it in characters um very clearly where it's like okay these two actors very clearly are good friends and they know their characters enough where it's like they clearly have fun with this mm-hmm. um i will say though apparently uh tom baker was uh kind of a bit strained at this time so one of the things that you'll find out as we talk about behind the scenes is that tom baker is kind of hard to work with and he's kind of a bit of a dick um there's one director that he flat out refuses to work with because he would constantly have onset arguments with them uh but with this one nicholas courtney who plays the brigadier uh recalled that tom baker his relationship with tom baker kind of changed during this shoot not for the better though uh quote he was less uh congenial and hypersensitive to criticism i think he was off on his own plane and the rest of us had to scramble to keep up with him uh according to courtney the tension turned ugly once when uh, tom baker was handed some uncomplimentary notes and lashed out uh he had the part for a year and didn't take kindly to being treated like an incompetent neophyte um that's a lot of words Yes, Nicholas Courtney was a man of many words. Uh, unfortunately, he did pass away uh, in, I believe it was 20... It was either 2011 or 2012, I think he passed away, but he, he always had a, a strong relationship with Doctor Who. Um, uh, but he was, he was always one to, to always talk a lot in interviews and use many words uh, not known to a common vocabulary. Uh, but yeah, Tom Baker, we'll talk about it more as time goes on, especially in his final season, where it's like, he does not want to be there at all. Um, uh, about how kind of hard to work with Tom Baker was. I don't know if he still is hard to work with. Um, he mostly does voiceover work stuff nowadays, so I don't know if that changes things for him, but yeah. Uh, what happens in the next part, though, dear? Um, well... Harry tried to intervene to save the doctor and fucked up some stu- stuff and the calamari are very upset by it and then uh <clears throat> sorry the brigadier is like we need to search for bugs at, in the, the place we are and the doctor meanwhile gets picked up by Sarah and the brigadier by a car and apparently the eel thing is a cyborg thing, by the way, and kind of controlled. And the doctor's like, mm, who controls it? And then the signal was coming from... Inside the house. Loch Ness. Wait, Loch Ness? What's that? I hope you fucking know that the next three words in my notes are, and I'm fucking pissed. That was four words, sorry. God damn it. It's so dumb! It's the Loch Ness fucking monster! God fuck. Anyway, a man comes it's, up. It's not the dumbest thing that happens. I know! And it's also not the only episode with an explanation of the Loch Ness monster. <sighs> we'll get to that one in the anyway, 80s. Anyway, the, the, a man comes up and goes, Don't tell me you found a monster in my lake. And they're like, yeah. And then the inn owner man is cleaning that... Okay. If you're on if you're on my Twitter, you may have seen it already. There's a deer that I might have posted. <laughs> With, there's a what? There's a bad taxidermy deer image that I may have posted tonight. Oh, you know this isn't going to come out for like a few weeks. I know, so. I know, but this is this is the funny part because people can go back and find it. Anyway, there was a really bad taxidermy deer in in there, and I was like, look. It, it it's bad taxidermy and Gam was like look it's you and I was just like alright <laughs> um and at one point I was like okay they're looking for bugs check the giant fucking deer head you keep bringing up and then Gam was like no it can't, it's not in there and winds up it's in there it's the fucking. The, the best part about it is that it looks like a deer that's like nervous about like no 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 I'm not a I'm <laughs> no, not I'm not no, bug, just no, I'm a normal deer I'm a normal, I'm a normal deer. deer head look at me I'm just a normal deer head there's nothing wrong with me don't look at me <laughs> it's deer. like its nose is like a centimeter big so it's like its entire face got like what's the thing I'm thinking of um 
Thick. The like smear tool in Photoshop. Someone like did that. <laughs> it just like pulled its nose out. Anyway, um, so the deer, by the way, that we're talking about, uh, while the inn owner is cleaning it, it looks at him. And I got very angry that Gam duped me. Um, and then Sir Uppity Man, please. Listen, I have to. I have to dupe you. I know. I'm sorry. I can't trust anything you say anymore. I know. It's fine. Um, and then the Sir Uppity Man is like, please, listen, it chased us, the eel thing. And he's like, no. And the doctor's like, actually, yes. And they're like, all right. Well, too bad uh, this the deer cl- cleaner dude in owner gets killed by some cat- calamari on Benton's watch. And also it took the deer's eyes, which mood. But then Benton gives a chase and shoot, you know, good old chase and shoot. And it has to all do with oil. But also aliens. Oil. And the Loch Ness monster. Alien Loch Ness oil. So the nurse, quote unquote, is caught by the soldiers. But actually it was the calamari taker, dude. And then Sarah is looking at some really old books. And Uppity Man is like, can you even fucking read Latin? And she's like, eh. And then a, a very real, not at all fake beard man brings Sarah a ladder and then, like, basically just closes her off in the book room. Too bad Sarah has found the secret bookcase with the weird alien tech behind it. But also too bad she was seen going inside said room. Sarah finds Harry. Can't actually tell if it is him. But then he's a dick to her and she's like, okay, it is you. And then, oops, that bookcase is opened again by the brigadier and the doctor. So they're all in the same room now. And the doctor's like, I want to see what's in there. And he goes in there. And then he fucking screams. And the calamari have him and walk back into the weird fake door. And the brig, meanwhile, is like, okay, give him back. And they're like, no. And then the brigadier loads a fucking rocket launcher, grenade launcher thing. Fires it at the fucking lake as a threat to go like, hey, let the doctor go. But too bad. They're like, ha 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 ha, fuck it. And their fucking ship starts taking off to run away. So, yep. uh, quite a few fun facts in, in rapid fire. Um, number one, uh, this episode was actually released on Laserdisc mm-hmm. back in the day, 1998. Um, I, if I remember right, very few episodes were, um, but this one was, which I still find incredibly fascinating that certain episodes were on Laserdisc. I would love to get something on Laserdisc someday and get like a Laserdisc player, just to like look at it, because like the, the concept of Laserdisc is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm talking on a tangent. Uh, so... The Zygons talk about their home world being destroyed. Mm-hmm. What we later learn, roughly, uh, this is the 70s, so like 30 years later in our own time, is that that was actually caused by, actually, no, 40 years, because it was the, the special 50th anniversary that, that told us. Sorry. Uh, it was uh, the Time War that destroyed it, which, you know, the last great Time War. Daleks versus Time Lords. Yeah. Uh, lots of casualties, lots of people in between. But it's like, hey, reincorporation of things in the classic series in like a way that doesn't change things, but is like, hey, we could say that this was... It fits in neatly. Um, so there's that. There's also um, uh, Nicholas Courtney, who played the Brigadier, uh, suggested to Philip Hinchcliffe, the producer... Uh, that the Brigadier should be killed off in this story as he felt it would, he would be no longer required in the show's new format. Because remember, they're moving away from unit. They're like, we're no longer doing that. We're going off to, like, alien planets and everything again. Like, no longer Earth stories to a bare minimum now. Um, and if we do Earth stories, unit probably won't be involved. Uh, so he's like, kill the Brigadier then. Uh, Hinchcliffe turned the idea down, though, because he felt it would be inappropriate uh, fate for a character who had been so vital to the program. Uh, Nicholas Courtney was like kind of upset by it, but I I think in the end, uh, in the end, I think he was okay with it. Um, but at the time, he was unhappy with making the story because he thought it, he would be playing the Brigadier for the last time, and he felt sad that the character kind of just faded away instead of died. Yeah. Um, because he does or he 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 did audios and stuff, and who knows, he might 
show up in a future episode. Wink. Um, Wonk. <laughs> Wonk. Uh, that's a... I might be joking on that. Uh, but, yeah, he was he was a bit upset that the, the Brigadier kind of just faded away instead of, you know, having some sort of actual send-off. Um, uh, originally, the script had a greater emphasis on the Scatterson and the Loch. Uh, Robert Holmes, the script editor, though, felt that the Zygons were way more interesting as characters, uh, mainly because, like, they could actually interact with the cast as well. So he was like, let's, let's utilize them more, which is kind of what stops this episode from being, like, a pretty okay to decent episode to being, like, a really good one, is because, like, it was written one way and then it got kind of changed last minute to be a little bit different. So it's, like, a little bit unfocused in terms of, like, what we're really doing here um because in the grand scheme of things it, when you think about it the zygons kind of do nothing <laughs> they don't really do anything yeah they're kind of just ominously around then they're found out and then they're like oh we'll kill this person and then everyone's like no you won't and they're like yes we will and then stuff happens it's like <laughs> it's not like they're enacting a plan it's like they just keep saying that they're going to enact it mm -hmm. um but uh <laughs> ian Marta, who played harry Found uh, John Woodnut, who played um, the oh god, the the, the dude who owned everything. I uh, the the name. uppity guy, um, yeah. The Duke of Forgill. Yeah. Uh, he he. Every time during rehearsals, he found him hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so in location filming, uh, you would see Ian Marta giggling when he was supposed to be scared. <laughs> oh um, no! Because he just couldn't take him seriously. Uh, but also John Woodnut, who played the the Duke of Forgill, uh, he spent so long trying to get the accent right and he pointed out to the director that like a lad would probably have been educated at Eton College and therefore would actually sound English uh however the director was like no I want a Scottish accent uh so they kind of compromised a little bit <laughs> in the end it's like an actor being like well I spent a lot of time on this and the director being like you're Scottish <laughs> be Scottish um but please <laughs> I'm so good at yeah. accents oh man please uh, okay, uh, here's another little, we, we keep diving around the topic and never talking about it, because there's one episode that we have to do a deep dive on it, and it's in the 80s, because that's the episode that mainly caused the entire issue, but we're bringing it back again, the unit dating controversy. For those who don't remember or are unaware, the unit dating controversy stems from a problem of, in the 70s, Terence Dix, a script editor, didn't want to put dates on episodes. He... They were always kind of just vaguely, uh, vaguely gestured as if it was like, okay, all of these unit stories with the third Doctor, they're set 10 years in the future. So technically they're set in the 80s. But then you have certain things happening in episodes now and also future episodes where it's like, hang on a second, you're saying something that has just happened, but this happened in the 70s. Like, for instance... Uh, in ep in part four of this, the the brigadier is like, oh, uh, the the prime minister's on the phone for you, brigadier. And the brigadier's like, oh yes, okay, hello, ma'am. Which, uh, for those in the know, um, Margaret Thatcher is a bitch. <laughs> um, that's it. Uh, <laughs> but she also had only become the leader of the Conservative Party in February of 1975, seven months before that episode was broadcast. So it's, it's like, I mean, you could argue also the whole 80s, it's like, she's there, but it's like, he, it's very clear that, like, Harry's not used to a woman in charge, so it's like, if he was in the 80s, like, he would know, and also it's like, things here and there, but it's like, the Margaret Thatcher here is, like, kind of an important thing with the unit dating controversy, um, but, again, we'll get to it when we get to an episode called Mordred Undead, because that is the episode where they put solid dates on things and it completely fucks everything up. <laughs> um, long story short, it's like, hi, I retired from this uh, organization uh, in, in uh, 1984. And it's like, but hang on, if you, it, if it's stated that you joined in 1989, how could you have retired before you even joined? And it's like, oh no, we've created a whole problem. And, you know, the show keeps coming back to it and joking about it. Like, uh, there's episodes, uh, there's an episode in the new series where they're like, uh, uh, look under the, the old Brigadier's files uh, for, for, for reference on this monster. It'll be under the, the 70s or 80s, like, sort of like joking about the fact of like, 
there's arguments for the episodes being set in the 70s or in the 80s. There's also some extended universe stuff that's written talking, like, trying to explain it. Like, uh, there's one explanation where because the Doctor visited the 60s, 70s, and 80s so often, like, time kind of slowly melded between the two and, like, folded upon that. So, like, they kind of had two decades within the span of ten years, uh, which, you know, is a dumb explanation, but it's, like, a fun way of, like, hey, here's a fun, dumb, in-universe explanation for it. Um, it lots of lots of fun shit like that. Like, they, they have fun with continuity errors in this, uh, which I always love. Um, but, yes, that's... That's 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 that. Uh, I'll let you continue and tell me what happens in in the final part here. Well, they're in a ship, right? Are they? Yeah, the the ship took off. The calamari. They're running off to go hide, right? Oh yeah, the calamari. Yeah. Um, and Sarah finds some papers on a desk about an energy commission or something, and then they just kind of leave. Uh, the ship is going into hide. And they have no outside communication, so the Brigadier has lost contact with the ship and they cannot follow it. And the Doctor's like, hmm, what's this button do? And the Calamari's like, are you interested in our things? Then also we learn about how apparently a fleet of them is coming to Earth, so they want to recreate the Earth to be like their home planet. It's a lot. In comes the Brigadier, mentions... Well, yeah, they're trying to colonize. Yeah. Mentions there's an underwater thingy moving. It's probably that fish. Margaret Thatcher calls. Brigadier's like, hey, what's up? And she tells him to do some shit. And then the doctor uses himself as a fucking wire in the alien ship to start a signal. And he's screaming and in pain. And he's dead. Uh, he's not dead, actually. Um, they think he's dead, though. Anyway, it's time for the 5G to be activated on its target so they could rule over everything in Earth ever. And the doctor pulls the Duke out of his orgy mind transfer as well as the others. But an alarm goes off that he sets off and everyone hides in their orgy chambers while the calamari ignore them. And they're like, "Okay, they're going to find out that it was fake. Run. And they all run. Did you just say orangey or orgy? Orgy. Orgy chambers. Oh, okay. Because I made the joke that like, hey, Sarah comes up. She's like, oh, what are all these sex toys doing? It was it was the thing. Anyway. Um, the doctor finds a self-destruction tumor and, like, touches it a bunch and turns it on before they're like, we should go, and everybody runs away. And then the ship blows up, and, by the way, London is still probably under attack, so let's go there. London. Uppity man with the 5G has gotten into the place he wanted, uh, so he can fuck up stuff, because it's very real uppity man, you know, it's the warmonger dude calamari dude and the doctor comes and goes listen you lost give up and he's like no and he attacks them and the brigadier walks in with some guns and shoots him and he's dead outside by the way that eel is here and he's in the fucking Thames, and everyone is screaming and the doctor plays fetch with it and it eats it and then it leaves so it wanted to eat its own poop and then left uh before heading back i guess to loch ness and then the crew heads back to the TARDIS and the doctor's like, who wants to come along? Let's just go to London. It's like five minutes previous, right? And you're like, uh, no. And Sarah's the only one that wants to go. So bye, Harry. And then they leave. Yeah. And that's, that's it. Yep. Yep. Harry's no longer with us. Thank God. But also, you know, oh, well. Um, I, I, I much rather when it's just the doctor and Sarah, they have such better chemistry together as like, companions traveling harry kind of gets in the way of that and is like just kind of he, he's that like annoying friend that doesn't understand why something's fun like it's like you and you and a friend like joking about ha yeah this is really funny and then another friend coming along who isn't like in the know and is like ha yeah am i right and you're like shut up you know fuck fuck off mm -hmm. like you know the doctor constantly making fun of harry and harry kind of being shitty to sarah it's like, mm, fuck off, Harry. Um, but yes, this is also, in, in that, because remember this was meant to be a season finale, this is why it's a little bit awkward, because it's like, we have a season opener where the a companion leaves, which doesn't happen. Companions tend to leave at the end of a season, um, because, you know, contracts and everything, it makes it easier for them to do that. Um, but he leaves at technically the beginning of this season, which is an, a unique... Uh, plus, also, it's one of the only times in the show where a 
companion is traveling with the doctor, then another companion shows up, and then that second companion leaves first. Because what tends to happen is the companion's traveling, then another companion joins, and the first one leaves, and the second one becomes the main companion. Because, you know, changing of the garb type thing. Yeah. But there's a very rare situation where a companion will be with the doctor, someone else will join, and then that second person will leave before the first one leaves. Uh, uh, arguably, uh, there's only two times in the TV show where that actually happens. First, it's Jamie with Victoria, because, you know, Jamie was traveling with the second Doctor, and mm-hmm. then Victoria showed up, and then Victoria left, and Jamie kept going with the Doctor. Um, there's also this time where fourth Doctor's with Sarah, and then uh, Harry, I forgot his name, shows up, and then Harry leaves. Uh, arguably, there's also an example with the first Doctor, but I don't want to talk about them because the episode's still missing and I don't want to spoil anything about them because I really want to fucking watch them someday. And, uh, just, uh, BBC, can you please remaster the Myth Makers and the Daleks master plan? Please, just please, please remaster it. Animate it with the new animation style if you need to. Like, I, I don't care, just please. I want more people to see the Daleks master plan. It's so goofy. I, ah, uh, please. Anyway, yeah, so this is, this is why it's a little bit weird. Um, like, even, even you acknowledged it. You were like, oh, like, this is a bit weird that, like, Harry's just not, not going and he's staying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it helps to remember that in the beginning, Harry kind of didn't want to travel. He kind of accidentally traveled because he was like, oh, doctor, where are you going? And the doctor's like, oh, I'm off in my time machine. And Harry's like, that's not a time machine. He's like, yes, it is. Come and have a look. And Harry's like, okay. And then he <laughs> went in. It's like, oh, this is a time machine. Can I go home? And the doctor's like, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, he's finally home now. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm not getting in that thing ever again. I'm like, yeah. I had my fill. I'm good now. I, um, I think that whole thing like, was yeah. that he he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going. But also he was like, can we go home? Quite a lot. So. Yeah, it's like, this is fun and all. But like, we are going home, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we, we are going home, right? Oh, right? God, please. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Terror of the Zygons. I The Zygons are such an underutilized monster. They don't show up at all for the rest of the classic series at all. This mm. is the only appearance of them. There's like books with them and audios with them and maybe they show up in the new series. I'll never tell. Um but uh yeah, I they were originally there were there were two episodes where they were meant to show up, but one of them uh didn't get filmed because of a strike going on, and the other fell apart because the show got cancelled. Uh, the 80s, for a time. Um, so, yeah, it's it's such a shame, because, like, the Zygons, I feel there is so much you could do with it. Like, they, I didn't really explain where the episode came from, because it's not really that interesting. It's more just, like, a, a, a case of, um, you know, exploiting the same thing that they've done in the past, of, like, you know, doppelgangers and such, and kind of playing on like scottish folk tales of like uh doppelgangers fetches and shapeshifters and mm-hmm. uh, folk that become human crop uh, there's like fairies stealing human children and replacing them with changelings like that sort of thing um uh, all, all sorts of things uh also you know uh oil uh, at the time i believe uh oil was like being criticized as like, hey, maybe having a power based on this is a bad idea. We should have, I think, hydrogen power or something, something to do with, hi- I forget what it is. Uh, hydrogen uh, power source was like more uh, up and coming as like, hey, we should do this. But, you know, oil and coal lobbies, are, especially in the UK at the time, coal, coal was massive, ma- like massive industry in, in the UK. Uh, well, until Margaret Thatcher fucking demolished it um, uh, with her union busting t- methods. Uh, of being a cunt. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's Terror of the Zygons. What do you think, dear? Uh, three-ish. Three? Really? Yeah. There was so much going on. Like, okay, you have this thing in the lock that has been there for a really long time, right? Oh, wait, hang on. I feel like there's something I should tell you because I think you might have missed it. What? They brought um, it there. I know they brought it there. Do you know why they brought it there? No. 
to raise it? So I... the scarison is technically their food source. Okay. But they don't eat the meat. Eat the poop. Got it. Um. No, they technically drink its... Well, not drink its milk, but, like, they milk it, essentially. Okay. Anyway, the, the point that I'm getting at is, like, they didn't need to be aliens, for one. They could have just been in the ocean sort of thing. Like, the, the Doctor even makes the point of, like, um, that there's always something in the ocean, right? Because there is. The ocean's huge and deep, and we've explored more of the fucking surface of the moon than we have our own ocean, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and it adding aliens onto that, as well as, like, a tracking thing that, like, the monster follows that is, like, organic was, like, weird because they made it seem like it was part animal and that that's why it followed it when instead they could have just been, like, it's a cyborg, we semi-control it, we just tell it what to do instead of needing the tracking thing and needing it to be aliens and throwing more stuff into it and, like, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. Like, th- there's just too much. It, does that make sense? That's fair. I, 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 think, I think the thing is, like, the, the, the tracking was... Because they don't really explain it that well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way the tracking works is, like, it's a cyborg in... The reason why the Scarrison is a cyborg is essentially, like, the same reason that, like, cows have fences put around them. It's, like, a way of domesticating it, in a sense. Oh, that's fair. Um, it's, like, their version of, like, a leash on it. But it's like, they don't really explain it that well. And like, the tracking device they have is part organic because it's like, it, it like, all of their technology is part organic. But yeah. it's also, it's like, basically devised from the Scarrison. So it's like, it's it's like a, a dog whistle. I, it's essentially their version of a dog whistle. Yeah. It's like, the, the Scarrison is attracted to it and that's how they control it. Like, they can't, they can't actually control the brain of the Scarrison. It's like a sheepdog. It's like, it, you don't control a sheep by like, just like yelling at a sheep or like radio controlling like sheep go this way like you get a sheepdog to tell them it's 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 kind of like that but i completely agree they do not really do a good job of explaining it I, and that's kind of because of the whole like the okay. zygons so sh- they shifted the story focus so i guess as they were writing it my biggest example that i can think of off the top of my head first episode right harry gets shot all that bullshit why did he need to be shot why do we need to worry about Harry sort of thing? And if, like, I, I admit, like, they needed to knock him out to be able to take him, but, like, they found the parts of the uh, oil rig, right? Because they made a cast and they were like, it's teeth. Um, mm-hmm. But what stops them from, like, finding a black box recording of, like, when it was attacked and, like, learning that and then someone just kidnaps Harry? He didn't need to go to the beach. Do oil rigs have black boxes? Uh, no, but you could cons- you could make something like that. Be like, it was in the deep ocean, and because unit put black boxes in all of them because we were monitoring shit. It- they could do something mm. like that is what I'm coming up with, right? Instead of, like, having to watch, like, this man come up onto the beach, be per- dead, quote-unquote, run up to Harry, and then actually die by being shot. Like, what, there was, there, was there a point to that? Are we not going to worry about that well, dead point, body? Like... Well, well, the the point of it was, was that, like, he was... The, the reason the dude was there to begin with, with the gun, was, like, to make sure that he was actually dead. Yeah. And the reason why he had to make sure he was dead, because he survived the oil rig, so it's like, that's why he shoots Harry as well, because it's well, like... He sees that the dude is talking to Harry and it's like, oh, he told Harry what happened. It so just, it's like, I've got to kill Harry too. Basically, it's like, we need to get from point A to point B. And they're like, let's take point A to point B, but also let's do this stop over here. Let's go and get some gas. Let's pick up a bit of food too. Actually, why not? Sort of thing. Like, let's go I mean, shopping at Pier 1. There's a Pier 1 on the way. Let's go to that. Like, for no fucking reason. It, it's a lot of things added on that they did not need. In my opinion, that's fair. I I think I think that is purely because of like the change of focus in script halfway through. Yeah, Be- because like like because of it like changing focus meant they had to kind of rewrite some things and like add a few things here. It's like you then have these elements where it's like it makes sense, but like it kind of bloats the story a tiny bit in that way because it's like 
why did you do this when like yeah. with the way the story goes out you could have like written it a better way so it's like I, th- I I think you're right in that sort of sense. I understand where you're coming from, and it's like I I think it's purely because of that, purely because of the way it was rewritten. Um. Uh. Next episode though. Uh. Oh boy, we are we are in full Philip Hinchcliffe territory. I, I have I have a new idea. Give me yeah. the mm-hmm. like one or two words from the title, and I want to try to figure out what the title is. The, the title's only three words. Okay, well, it's... So, like, War of the Daleks. Just be like, the Daleks, right? Okay, So planet of... Oh, it's gonna be a fucking alien name that I don't know, isn't it? No. No? It's a, it's a, it's a human... It's a human word. A human English word. English word. Insects. Do you want me to give you a hint? insects not insects fuck i tried do you want me to give you a hint sure because i'll continue what i was gonna say we're in full philip hinchcliffe territory and the one thing that philip hinchcliffe really wanted to do with doctor who was make it make it more horrifying give us some more cosmic sort of space horror and particularly with this episode he wanted it to kind of rival Star Trek. Ooh. Remember Star Trek? Remember original series Star Trek, as goofy as it is, a lot of episodes of it were kind of horror stories. Body snatchers. Like, and like, s- s- body snatchers, no, but that is a future episode in this season. <clears throat> okay, I give up. What was it? Evil. <laughs> Planet of Evil. It's it's uh this this episode actually kind of scared a lot of kids. Um, personally, I like this one because it's 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 uh, quite a lot of fun. Um, and it's like you know, finally it's Sarah. The costumes look ridiculous, and I love them. Uh, they're pure seventies. And Sarah's outfit, I I love. It's a really cute outfit because you know she changes outfits every fucking episode, basically from here on out. Um, which you know. I, she doesn't have to, but I mean the outfits she wears for most of them are really nice, so that's cool. Hmm. But yeah, Planet of Evil is next. Uh, let's let's have some fun on the Planet of Evil, dear. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? Nah. Okay. Well, the last thing I want to say is, dear, are you a bug? <laughs> I, I meant an electronic bug. Oh. What the fuck? (laughs) See you next episode.